0: Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to upload the podcast so you can multitask while hearing the message. And you can also look for the link and um, once you open it up, you can scroll over and select your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and just look for the channel Anna Purdue. A huge shout out to Mark C., Judith T., Beverly C., Hugh R., Walter M., Neil and Lisa H., and Nancy S., For your donations to the channel, and if you are able and interested in helping this channel, you can do so by clicking the donation link found on my website at annapurdue.com. In 2010, in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis, the Rockefeller Foundation, one of our major philanthropic organs convened in what is called a scenario planning exercise named Alock Step twenty ten, where future events that we may or may not be planning are gamed. These are the three phases of the plan. First phase common flu mild symptoms at most, media endorsement of mass paranoia and fear, flawed testing system utilized, which picks up any genetic material in the body and triggers a positive result, inflation of recent numbers through the changing of death certificates, double counting, classifying all deaths, including other diseases and natural causes, as the named disease, Lockdown will condition people to life under draconian laws, prevent protest, and identify public resistance. The second phase. The first phase will lead to compromised and frail immune systems through lack of nutritious food, social distancing, wearing of masks, lack of sunlight and healthy bacteria, exposure to 5G radiation, will further attack the immune system. Then, when people re-emerge into society, more people will fall ill. This will be blamed on the mild disease. This will all occur before the puncture modality is ready to roll out and will justify it. A longer and more potent lockdown will follow until everyone takes the puncture modality. Third phase, if a majority of people resist the puncture modality a weaponized and deadly virus will be released. With this version of bioweapon, there will be mass casualties. It will be the survival of the fittest. It will also be the ultimate push for everyone to get the puncture modality in order to return to normality. Those who have taken this modality will be at war with those who have refused it. There will be anarchy from all sides. They are giving us a breather right now, just before they slam us again harder. Remember that it had to be this way, phrase. Troll Correction tweeted this. A brief reprieve before they release a more contagious and deadly weapon just as in Phase 3 of Operation Lockstep. It is likely to be another false flag, being as they wouldn't jeopardize themselves. It's basic animal psychology. If you keep the pressure on past the breaking point while training an animal, it not only nullifies the gain, but sets them back further. Then you have to redevelop trust and start over. In this case, I think it's similar. In the month of November 2021, Bill Gates warned governments to prepare for smallpox, terror attacks, and future health crises by investing billions into research and development. Gates made the comments in a policy exchange interview with the chair of the Health Select Committee, Jeremy Hunt. Gates warns that bioterrorism-caused epidemics could be worse than naturally occurring ones. Hmm, I wonder how he knows that. The current infectious agent has been unpleasant for many reasons. However, it is not particularly lethal. It is interesting to notice that in the midst of so many restrictions and social changes, the Biden administration has promised us a couple of things. A dark winter. And the next P, a word I cannot say. Bill Gates has also called the current infectious agent the first P and has proposed that society should prepare for P number two. How prepared are you for something worse? And do you have any idea what that will be? Recently, a monkey in transport to the science lab supposedly spit in a woman's eyes and she is said to be ill. I personally don't believe the narrative, but this is what they're telling us. Expect cloudy skies with bizarre patterns coming out of the tail end of airplanes. So, I present a likely candidate for the next infectious agent, Smallpox. Smallpox. Check out this timeline. June 2001. The Center for Strategic and International Studies, along with John Hopkins and ANSER, A-N-S-E-R, simulated a widespread smallpox bioterrorist attack in the U.S. called Dark Winter. Note the name. They did this simulation in spite of the fact that smallpox was considered eradicated from the world As of 1980, January 2005, Atlantic Storm, a bioterrorism war game, was held in Washington, D.C. In this scenario, smallpox was released in Los Angeles, New York City, and five other world cities. September 2007, the FDA approved a new smallpox modality due to their concern of potential fatality rates of above 25%. Remember, this mild one we just surpassed was less than 1%. This modality for the smallpox has not been without adverse side effects in our military. July 2014. Or 2014. Six vials of smallpox were discovered in a cardboard box at the National Institute of Health. This was a startling surprise as the only samples thought to exist were held in two locations, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Russia's Vector Institute. November 2014. Bill Gates funded the development of antiviral BRIN, Codifovir, to treat Ebola. The same drug was later approved in June 2021 to treat smallpox. March 2017, David Evans, a professor at University of Alberta, Canada, synthesized an extinct horsepox virus similar to smallpox in his lab. This proved the concept that smallpox could be recreated for minimal cost by either state or non-state actors without access to existing smallpox disease samples. October 2017, John Hopkins Center for Health Security completed a spars medical crisis. 2025 to 2028 scenario... July 2018 The FDA approved antiviral Tecovirimat also known as Tpox for the treatment of smallpox. September 2018 contracts were signed to provide and maintain a supply of 1.7 million courses of Tpox in the US national stockpile. Another round of contracts was signed on September the 3rd 2019. And in that same month and year, the FDA approved a live puncture modality against smallpox and monkeypox. June 2020, $32 million was allotted to supply T-pox to the U.S. Health and Human Services. June 2021, the FDA approved Bren Codifovir for the treatment of smallpox. This drug development was funded by Bill Gates and Wellcome Trust in 2014. September 2021, Eric Lander, Biden's science advisor and director of the Office of Science and Technology, stated in an interview, The next health crisis will likely be substantially different than this latest bout, and so the U.S. government must prepare now to deal with any future viral threat. The White House subsequently released a 27-page paper outlining the expectation that health crises will occur with increasing frequency and severity. How do they know this? October 2021. President Biden signed an executive order detailing federal control over the national defense stockpile. November 2021. Bill Gates warned of a possible smallpox bioterrorist attack, such as at 10 United States airports. Yes. 10 U.S. airports. And finally, November 2021, several vials of smallpox were discovered at an unsecured Merck lab in Pennsylvania. The CDC took possession of this alarming cache and later stated that the vials only contained the viral materials used to make the smallpox modality and not the viral virus itself. But what about that loose monkey who spit in the lady's eyes? Brace yourself, folks. Yet there is still another vicious bioweapon lurking in the darkness. The mad scientists are chomping at the bits to release this thing. Gates' Gavi Institute published an article in April of 2021 titled, The Next Fear Marburg. Also, Gates-funded media have parroted the same story with numerous mainstream media articles highlighting an upcoming threat of Marburg infections in recent months, referencing the World Health Organization's directives. Marburg is a relatively rare hemorrhagic fever, much like Ebola was first described in 1967. There have only been a total of 376 related deaths and only 16 deaths since 2005. Next, Primer Design, a UK company who manufacture and supply real-time PCR tests, developed a one-step real-time PCR test named Genesig in 2018 for Marburg Hemorrhagic Fever. Why would they develop a test in 2018 for an illness which has not had a major outbreak since 2005? Well, Solagenix, a late-stage biopharmaceutical company, is currently rushing to trial a ricin-rich puncture modality called RIVAX using a genetically altered version of a ricin toxin for Marburg Hemorrhagic Fever. RIVAX has a fast-track designation by the U.S. FDA and approval of the ricin-based toxin puncture modality that will utilize the FDA animal rule to eliminate efficacy trials in humans. Again, Why such a rush now to trial a vaccine for which there has only been a total of 376 deaths since 1967 and only 16 deaths since 2005? The main component of the RIVAX modality is ricin. Ricin is a lectin and a highly potent toxin produced in the seeds of the castor oil plant. Ricin is very toxic if inhaled, injected, or, or ingested. It acts as a toxin by inhibiting protein synthesis. It prevents cells from assembling various amino acids into proteins according to the messages it receives from messenger RNA in a process conducted by the cell's ribosome, the protein-making machinery. That is, the most basic level of cell metabolism essential to all living cells and thus to life itself. But what if your most basic cells within your body have been altered via DNA therapy manipulation. To date, 9.95 billion modalities of DNA therapy manipulation have been exercised on a global level. Klaus Schwab said this in an interview with Charlie Rose in 2015. The difference of this fourth industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you, if you take the genetic editing. But how in the world did Schwab envision the masses being willing to make such change? In a 1984 NIH training video, Tony Fauci said it was very simple. You take an infectious agent and you introduce it to a population. And as for the useless eaters, they have a plan for that too. A good death? There is a documentary titled The Quiet Euthanization of Elderly and Terminally Ill UK Citizens Using Morpheme and Midazolam: Eugenics Under the Guise of a Mild Bioweapon In a new and original film from Iconic Media, we hear the heartbreaking stories from people who lost loved ones to fatal doses of morphine and mitazolam. Each year, tens of thousands of elderly and terminally ill patients are quietly euthanized in NHS facilities, in hospitals, care homes, and hospices, behind closed doors. Their deaths are hastened in what appears to be a caring and humane way. But how has this practice of euthanasia, illegal in the UK and carrying a life prison sentence, become so widespread and acceptable? And why are people who are nowhere near the end of their lives being given killer cocktails of drugs that are used in the many U.S. states for executions? This is the solution for the elderly the dark forces refer to as useless eaters. Now, for the youngest of the dark forces' useless eaters, there is the shocking revelation in hidden puncture modality studies that there is nearly 100% death rate among unborn children and pregnant women. The fact that there are more and more reports from all over the world that pregnant women who have received the puncture modality lose their children or are born dead is common knowledge. A court force release of previously classified and highly sensitive PFN-ISER documents in the U.S. containing study results and information about the modalities. Remember, PFN-ISER requested a hold for the next 55 years and an exemption from the Freedom of Information Act by the FDA that got retracted. Now, the first details of these documents are gradually being published, and they are shocking. They testify to unimaginable ruthlessness and conspiracy at the highest levels. Nearly all unborn children died after the modality was taken by their pregnant mothers. However, Jacob Rothschild called the current health crisis a distraction. He said it has nothing to do with the fourth industrial revolution, great reset, transhumanism agenda. Then he went on to contradict himself and say, A manufactured crisis could accelerate the implementation of the conditions necessary to usher in the new global agenda unbeknownst to the public. Well, well, well. You can find out what the real agenda is by visiting the World Economic Forum channel on YouTube and watching the segment titled... ESG Metrics for a Sustainable Future, Davos Agenda 2022, published January the 20th, 2022. In this training session, they discuss their latest, greatest, tyrannical plans for the world. The ESG Metrics. Here's how ESG scores work. Very simple. Are you meeting the environmental, social, and governance standards that those in power deem are Best for society? If not, then you become a risk and you are locked out. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan explains at Davos how they are reaching out to thousands of companies around the world to influence them to embed ESG metrics into their businesses. So far, 140 companies are on board. Why are they doing this? Meanwhile, it seems the mad scientists are creating a virtual prison for the surviving humans. Big Brother has risen to the occasion. Meta is slated to launch a massive new supercomputer. Facebook's parent company is looking to power up on its data processing by launching one of the world's most powerful supercomputers. Meta says the tech will process images and videos 20 times faster than its current systems. The AI research supercluster, as is known, will become the fastest AI computer in the world within months. Ready to have your privacy shattered at 20 times the speed? Elon Musk, now Zuckerberg, Do you notice how suddenly they all jump into the super AI computer research? (laughs) I say they're all part of the super AI that is controlling the world. Revelation 17, 12 says this, And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. Wow, we see how seemingly true these verses have become. World's ten richest men have more than doubled their fortunes from 500 billion euros to 1.1 trillion euros during the last two years of the world's sickness, according to the report. Oxfam found the men's wealth increased at an average rate of 1 billion euros per day. Among the 10 world's 10 richest men are Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jeff Bezos. Oxfam said the billionaire's wealth rose more during the last two years than it did the previous 14 years. Forbes lists these men as Elon Musk, Bernard. Arnold, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Larry Ellison, Larry Page, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, Sergey Brin, and Mukesh Ambani. On January 25th, the Biden administration withdrew its modality and testing regulation aimed at large businesses following the Supreme Court's decision to block the rule earlier this month. The U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration said it will be withdrawing the mandates and testing emergency temporary standard for businesses with 100 or more employees, according to the agency's website. All this unfolding amid a backdrop of the White House withdrawing all tyrannical regulations? When CNN admits this, when the UK, Czech Republic, Ireland, and other EU stalwarts began dismantling their lockdowns, mask, and puncture modality protocols across the board, you know the narrative is crumbling right before your eyes in real time. <laughs> or is it really? Or are we shifting into the third phase of the Rockefeller thinning of the herd? Falling right into lockstep 2010. All of which begs the question. Just what is going on in Pennsylvania? And why?